0: Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Wrapping up the biggest stories from the first Sunday of the Fantasy Playoffs on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Monday, December 14th. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. We are looking back at the first Sunday of the Fantasy Football Playoffs. Of course, some of you already know you have advanced, some of you unfortunately know that you have not advanced, and some of you have games in the balance. Derek, where do you fall on those groups for your leagues where you're in the playoffs?
2: In my home league. I think I'm probably going to be short regardless. I don't think I can make up enough ground in the Monday night game, so that's probably going to be an L in the fishbowl. It's kind of a wide-open competition. Mm -hmm. My team did pretty well overall, so I should be in a pretty good place going into Week 15. And in flex, things are going to come down to the wire. So it's a mixed bag for me.
1: How about you? I am looking good. I had two leagues where I had to buy uh, this week, so feeling good. I had one league where we... For some reason, let eight people into the playoffs. I have the two seed, and I am getting a win there also. So thumbs up. And then in flex, I am also going to – disaster would have to strike – ...for me to not get a victory. I've got Cream Hunt and Baker Mayfield still going for me in a game that is uh, close. So uh, disaster would really have to hit me to not advance there. So I am looking good, man. Feeling good. Feeling like, uh, uh, you know, like i maybe going to come home with a championship with all these semifinals. I'll knock on some wood to uh, not jinx myself as we move into Week 15. And we're going to move into Week 15 right here on Fantasy Football in 15... ...by talking about some of the biggest actionable stories from Week 14 and Derek... Nowhere else that we could start other than with Jalen Hurts put on a show in the Eagles upset victory over the Saints through the air 17 for 30 167 yards and a touchdown on the ground is really he really made his mark 16 carries 109 yards. This is exactly what you would have expected. If you if someone told you Jalen Hurts is going to have a good game, what do you think it's going to look like? You would have come up with something like this, where he had a huge game on the ground and then a solid game through the air. Exactly what he did in the Eagles win. So now we look forward to how, how viable of a starter he is in the fantasy world for the remainder of the season. Next week at Arizona, week 16 at Dallas. At Arizona, that doesn't scare you. At Dallas, that gets you excited. I think Jalen Hurts, Derek, at the very least, we should be talking about him as someone on that QB1-2 fringe.
2: Yeah, and he started off going into this week in week 14 as more of a super flex consideration, but certainly a guy that brings a ton to the table with his rushing ability. When he got the opportunity to take over as the starter, one thing I said was that his fantasy value might be weirdly similar to Carson Wentz because of his rushing ability. And the interesting thing about Hurts is he just didn't turn the ball over. If you take that aspect away from the Eagles' offense, this is a talented group that can put some points on the board. So it changes the landscape in the NFC East battle, and it seems to have opened things up a little bit for Miles Sanders as Mm -hmm. well. I wouldn't be fixated on the efficiency as much as I would be on the usage. 14 carries, including an 82-yard TD, uh, two scores on the day, and five targets as well. It just seems like... Doug Peterson had his wake-up call with how he's using his number one back with the switch to Jalen Hurts at quarterback.
1: Yeah, we are not going to be having any more should I be benching Miles Sanders discussions for the rest of the season. And that is good. That is welcome news. This is something that we talked about for, uh, you know, more than we probably should have had to talk about during the week. And, And we were mostly saying, get Miles Sanders in there. It's obviously been less than what you have expected to this point of the season. But Miles Sanders shows why in this game, you don't sit guys like Miles Sanders for guys like, I don't know, Giovanni Bernard. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. I mean, For me, Derek, let's go back to Superflex, right? Jalen Hurts, because that's where Jalen Hurts is probably already rostered. I think he's almost certainly, unless you are very quarterback strong, he's probably a default starter in super flex leagues in both of these games next week against Arizona. And then if you win in advance to the championship week 16 against Dallas, it becomes interesting in the uh, one quarterback world. And you know, we talk so much in our line of work about stream this quarterback, stream that quarterback. And when you try to put it into practice, it's not quite as realistic. A lot of people who play in one quarterback leagues are going to have 80% of their league or so have backup. So even though the roster rates look low to us, it's not realistic for our listeners out there to be streaming these guys. Jalen Hurts is someone who you can stream, and we saw some uh, quarterback injuries. We saw uh, Matthew Stafford leave the Lions' lost to the Packers late with an injury. We saw Alex Smith leave with an injury. We just saw some poor performance across the board, and we've seen some up-and-down performance from guys who we've been counting on as starters. Matt Ryan jumps out to me. Tom Brady jumps out to me, who, you know, threw for two touchdowns but didn't necessarily blow the competition away. I believe he scored fewer than 16 points in the Buccaneers win over the Vikings. Jalen Hurts jumps right into the discussion, I think, with those guys and is viable enough to want to chase on waivers this week if he's available.
2: Yeah, and I think the matchups that are to come are easier than the matchup that he had for his first start against the Saints. I mean, this was the one we were concerned about. When we looked at the fantasy playoffs... As a whole, so I think you could probably scale back those rushing attempts and scale back that rushing yardage a bit, but you could see Jalen Hurts become a lot more efficient through the air. I think the other question here is of the Eagles pass catchers, who are you going to be playing in week 15? Because no one in the Eagles passing game topped Jalen Rieger's 46 yards, no one topped Dallas Goddard's six targets. And Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders tied for the team lead with four catches. So, you know, with so much happening on the ground, the production through the air took a hit in this particular matchup. But I know you like Goddard. Mm -hmm. Is he
1: the only Eagles pass catcher you trust to start next week? He is. He he really is. I mean, I, I don't see how you could really roll out there with any of these receivers. Uh, it, it was something that we we've actually seen this be, you know, a theme for the Eagles, right, over the last few years, where the quarterback has basically gotten his. And usually, we talked about it being Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. Carson Wentz gets his. Zach Ertz gets his. And then this week, it's Alshon Jeffrey. Next week, it's Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that's we, we've seen this from the Eagles for a couple of seasons now, and I think that's true. I think what has happened, though, is that we've turned the page, and instead of it being Carson Wentz gets his, Zach Ertz gets his, everyone else, it's sort of a free-for-all. It's now Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard who are getting theirs, and it still remains a free-for-all for everyone else in there. I am sure we are going to talk... Plenty more Eagles during this week and plenty more Jalen Hurts. But let's move things forward by moving things back to last Thursday and talk about Cam Akers. We all remember the big Cam Akers game. On Thursday Night Football against the Patriots, 29 carries for 171 yards, three targets, caught two of them for 23 yards. Jets in Week 15, Seattle in Week 16. Derek, I think this is pretty simple. It's pretty academic, but let's talk about it. And we could even bring in some of the other rookie running backs. We saw Jonathan Taylor go for a huge game. We saw DeAndre Swift get back in the fold and score a touchdown and have a nice enough role that we feel... Pretty good about him uh, as we spin things forward into Week 15 and Week 16. It was a slow regular season for these rookie running backs, but now it feels like it's all systems go for all of them, and we still have J.K. Dobbins to come later tonight.
2: Yeah, and I think this is not a huge surprise given the unusual shape of the lead-up to this season for rookies, right? I mean, we had very limited activities, uh, a lot of work being done on Zoom, and it's just not the same as getting reps even – Practice reps at the NFL level. So Akers had 79.4% of the snaps in that win over the Patriots. So he was on the field constantly. The carries were there, the yardage was there. This is something we sort of hoped for a lot earlier in the season. But I think we can say with a lot more confidence heading into Week 15, Cam Akers should be considered a top 20 running back, if not a top 15 back, because this matchup against the Jets, Ooh. look, this is the Jets team It's not trying. Like yeah. they, they are folding it up. They don't want to make sure they miss out on Trevor Lawrence. I totally understand that. I think you're almost more worried that the Rams might – ease up on Cam Akers a little bit and maybe hold him into the 15 to 20 touch range and then lean on Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown if they open up a massive lead. But you still want to play Akers because he's clearly the lead
1: back in a good offense at this point. Yeah, that Jets defense uh, getting abused by the Seahawks in a 40-3 loss. He had 12 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown for Chris Carson. 15 carries and 66 yards for Carlos Hyde. Even though we know that some of those other Rams are going to be involved, Cam Akers has to be very excited about this matchup with the Jets next week. Cam Akers, fantasy managers, should be excited as well.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Requires high-speed internet-connected
1: Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Derek, it's a pretty light week on the waiver wire, which, you know, is to be expected absent some sort of major injury when we get to this point of the season, but there is one name that jumps out at me, that's Lynn Bowden. Had himself a really productive game in the Dolphins' loss to the Chiefs on Sunday. Got nine targets, caught seven of them for 82 yards. We know that he is a guy who can do a lot of different things on the football field. We saw that as well. He got one carry in this game. He had one pass attempt, and they actually drew up another play where he had a second, uh, where they wanted him to have a second pass attempt. He ended up throwing it away, but you know they want to get him involved. And then we saw... Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Gesicki all leave this game with injuries, obviously far too early in the week to know how severe any of those injuries are. But even if they're not severe, I mean, those were late-game injuries. It's not like Lynn Bowden cleaned up because all these guys left the game in the first quarter or anything. Mike Gesicki had two touchdowns. So Lynn Bowden, I mean, on a light week for waivers, and you're still playing the waiver game here, is he someone who's worth going after? I think so
2: because the Dolphins sought him out via trade, and I think his versatility fits this offense really well. I mean, for an eight and five team, have you seen a team in this position to have so many spots up for grabs this late <laughs> yeah. in the year? I mean, I, I'm not sure how good the Dolphins are. I think we've been saying for weeks, uh, for weeks now, they play hard for Brian Flores. There's no doubt about that. But just the fact that you know he was tied for the team lead in targets. They have designed run plays. They have designed pass plays. Like He might have the ball in his hands eight to ten times every game the rest of the way, and that's going to get you enough touches to actually at least play him, probably in 14-team leagues and deeper. And I think Bowdoin might be the kind of insurance policy that is worth having on your bench in other leagues, just given The amount of uncertainty with the Dolphins offense, hopefully before waivers run this week, we'll have some clarity on all the injured players the Dolphins lost. But uh, that group of pass catchers could be decimated. And Gasicki's injury, for what it's worth, it looked like he was in a ton of pain. So that one seems like it's going to cost him some time. And it really looked like Gasicki was becoming Tuatunga-Vailoa's favorite target this week.
1: That's going to be a fun team next year, man. I mean, they're going to they're not going to sneak up on anyone next year, but with Tua now having hopefully a normal summer under his belt next season and all the starts that he racked up this year, all the pieces they put around him Good defense, a really good head coach. You know, it's almost a shame that Kevin Stefanski is probably going to run away with Coach of the Year voting, as he should, because Brian Flores, I mean, what a job he has done with a Miami team that not a lot of people expected much out of, and here they are a couple of weeks away from potentially making it into the postseason. At the opposite end of that, we find the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think it's just time to say blanket, bench, bench. Every single one of these guys, I don't want any Gio Bernard questions. I don't want any Tyler Boyd questions. This offense is just a total mess without Joe Burrow. This was a matchup with a Dallas team that everyone was excited about. And, you know, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we here at The Athletic, we're cautioning you all week This is a bad offense. This is a bad quarterback situation. Matchup isn't everything. What did we see? Giovanni Bernard, three carries for eight yards, three targets, caught them all for 15 yards. Travion Williams and Samaj P. Ryan got a ton of work in this game, combined for 81 yards on 22 carries. Not very efficient. Tyler Boyd, 5'9", 43. That's catches, targets, yards. T. Higgins, 5'8", 49. A.J. Green was the one guy who actually came through with a decent game. Six catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown, but... This is just a nightmare of a situation. Next week, you're playing Pittsburgh. You're not going to want to play any of them there. But week 16, people are going to be excited again, Derek. A great matchup with Houston. Houston defense that just got carved up by Mitch Trubisky in week 14. But still, this offense has shown us nothing without Joe Burrow. It's a blanket bench, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for the running backs especially,
2: I want nothing to do with those guys. I think... All of the receivers are so much more TD-dependent right now. This is a team that will have an implied total of probably 14 points (laughs) going up against Pittsburgh in Week 15. So you're definitely rolling the dice. The volume will be there, but they're low-quality targets. There's a ton of risk. I mean, I think you could say that Boyd and Higgins are probably in the wide receiver three flex conversation because of their usage. Green's even more tricky, though, as the third guy in that group. I don't want to play any of the Bengals receivers, but you might not have a better option in some circumstances. What's interesting about this situation to me, though, with this team sputtering without Burrow, I wonder if that will, in early 2021 drafts, kind of pull down the prices of both Boyd and Higgins, because I like them for next season if I'm getting a discount, especially early on.
1: Something to think about definitely over this offseason and when we get into the summer in 2021 draft prep for now. Stay as far away from Bengals as you can. Very happy that you're not staying far away from us here at The Athletic listening to us on Fantasy Football in 15. We are going to call it an episode, but if you are not yet a subscriber, you can still get in on one of the best deals of the holiday season. Buy yourself a subscription, get one for free to gift to a friend, a family member, anyone who you want. Go to theathletic.com slash and 15 to take advantage of that buy one, get one deal. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Michael Beller, Fantasy Football in 15, back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening, we'll talk to you soon, and good luck if you need something to go your way in the Monday night game between the Ravens and the Browns.